everybody, Sam Goodman, the Hot Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hot Nerd Podcast. Man, I'm just happy to be here with you, happy that you're tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, check out the website, www.thehopnerd.com. You know, follow along on all things social media, check out 10 ideas to make safety suck less available on Amazon and Audible. And I just shared the other day, speaking of following me on social media, in particular, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to see everything that I've kind of got going on that I've, that I've got cooking. I shared the other day that I'm 100% a full-time free agent, consultant, person, business owner now. <laughs> So I've been doing hop consulting on the side for years and years and years and years and years and years. And I'd made this transition several, several months back. And I just didn't realize that I hadn't really shared that publicly until I was participating with my near and dear friend, Teresa Mullen from, from Paradigm Human Performance during their Mind the Gap webinar, which was, which was a ton of fun. I can't wait to go back and do that again. Um, but she brought that up during conversation and I didn't realize that I hadn't shared that. So I shared that there and then I figured, well, I might as well let everybody else know. So there you go. It, it's it's out there now. <laughs> so, And as I said, I've, I've been doing human and organization performance consulting, both internal to working internal to organizations uh, and obviously coming in and working as an external consultant for organizations for many, many years now. And it's been my absolute passion. It is my professional passion. So if you need a little bit of help there, I work with clients throughout industry, like all over the map, but mostly focusing on services around hop fundamentals and learning team facilitation, learning team facilitator, coaching, speaking and workshops. One of my favorites is doing site engagements and assessments and pre and post learning review kind of stuff, planning of human and organizational performance, learning explorations, pulsing, ongoing support and advisement and on and on and on and on. And if you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate about it. So if you're looking for that trusted advisor, if you're looking for that person to help support you on your human and organizational performance journey, if you're looking for that person to help you make safety suck just a little bit less, if you're looking for that person, which my overarching focus is on, how we get better at learning and improving within our organizations, reach out, thehopnerd at gmail.com, or you can check out the website for more information. So I want to continue on today with our conversations around getting back to the hop basics. It's been, I've got a lot of really good feedback from folks that are kind of newer on this journey. Again, we've mentioned that at the beginning that it's really easy for us that have been doing this for a minute or two or a long time to forget that folks are still just finding human and organizational performance, that they're just finding these different approaches. So we talked five hot principles. We talked the 10 ideas. We talked the, the tenets of safety differently. We talked a little bit of this. We talked a little bit of that. Now, today, what I want to talk to you about is high level, super high level, some of the basics of learning teams. And let's start right here by defining learning teams. And I want to use the definition from Sutton McCarthy Robinson Conklin 2022 from The Practice of Learning Teams, an excellent book if you're looking for some more resources on this stuff. We also offer a bunch of free learning team resources over at thehopnerd.com if you want to go check that out and click on the, the little learning team, or excuse me, the learning team. Click on the resources link first, and then you'll see some learning team stuff. There we go. That, that sounds a little bit easier to, to navigate to, but let's define that from that book. A learning team can be defined as a way of looking at safety, quality, and operational excellence differently by involving and empowering those that do the work to drive improvements at both the worker and organizational level. So learning teams basically tell the story 
as each person saw a particular event or a problem or a pain point. They tell the story of complexity. They tell the story of normal variability and coupling. They tell the story of normal work. They tell the story of how work gets done, like in real life, right? We've talked about work as imagined versus work as performed. And they can be used basically anywhere that you want to learn deep and context wrench wrench <laughs> deep and so I'm working on the Mustang. If you can't tell, <laughs> there's a little slip for you there. Context rich, not context wrench info. So think pain points, problems, quality escape events, anything, anything that you, you want to learn more about. So I want to really just talk basics here. So let's keep this really high level basic kind of stuff and let's talk kind of learning team process. I want to just break it down to you in this way. So let's first think just three basic steps. Let's start with three steps and then we'll expand a little bit. But three steps of a learning team is basically learn, soak and improve. So a lot of times we expand this out into five steps or seven steps. And so this kind of five step model that gets tossed around in our community quite a bit is, is pretty common and pretty great. It's number one is prepare. So you want to think through your learning team. What are you going to be learning about? Who's going to be involved in this learning team? So you're thinking, get, you know, five, six, seven folks together, mix them up and prepare to have a, a, a chat. Number two is learn. This is your actual first session of getting these folks together. So think first meeting. So there's no need to jump straight into fix it mode. In fact, we want to do almost exactly the opposite, right? We want to just focus on and this discovery of how work actually gets done. So we just want to talk through work. Number three is soak. So our brains are a bit like a, like a sponge. And, and the best way, the easiest way to probably describe this, have you ever been at work or anywhere else doing anything, pretty much anything else, and you go home that night and you're, you're laying in bed. If you're anything like me, you have these kind of 2 a.m. morning kind of thoughts where your eyes spring open. You go, holy crap, why didn't I think of that? Holy crap, why didn't I ask that question? Holy crap, why didn't I say this, that, or whatever? That's the whole point, right? This kind of soak and reflection time, right? We, we need that time. Our brains need that time for these ideas to bubble up. Now, number four is our next actual physical meeting. It's round two, if you will. And you'll review what you discussed during that first learning session. But now at some point during this meeting, we're going to transition into ideas on how we can improve that based off of all of this information that we've learned. And the fifth is action, right? We, we kind of take that. That's where the rubber meets the road. We take those ideas after we prioritize them and sorted them. We figure out what we're going to pursue and we, we actually start to act and bring those things to life within our organization. Now, a piece that I think is really vital here that we don't talk about probably enough is as those ideas emerge, our, our traditional way of dealing with these corrective actions is they're solid. They're like rock solid concrete ideas that we are going to do right now. And we go out and we just do them right now. And we check off the boxes right in our corrective action system. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I would argue that a lot of times they, they don't because we're not leaving room for this vital bit of, you guessed it, experimenting, micro experimenting, going out and actually trying stuff and kind of feeling our way through those and checking and adjusting and, and fixing those, fixing those fixes <laughs> as we kind of go. Micro experimenting is a crucial bit of this. So don't, don't lose sight of how important the micro experiment element is don't just stick with those ideas and throw them against the wall and say, those are, those are the fixes. That's what they are. We're just going to no. we need to experiment our way 
through improvement. And that's probably the next really bit of vital information that I'll share at this point is I want you to kind of strike, not kind of, I think you just should, right? Strike that fix thing out of our heads because we get really bent up around the axle with this idea of got a problem, fix a problem, got a problem, fix a problem, got a problem, fix a problem. In in our wildly complex worlds, not number one, not every problem has a fix. That's just factual, right? We deal with what's often referred to as wicked problems. They just there's just not a fix out there for them. We can only improve. And so that's where we should really spend our time focusing. We don't have a ton of low-hanging fruit left within our work worlds, at least within high-performing work worlds that most of us spend our days. We've kind of already eaten all that low-hanging fruit. There's not a lot of just easy fixes hanging out there. By all means, if you come across an easy fix, uh, fix it. <laughs> That's probably the best answer. But almost always, our focus should not be on these grand rapid fixes, these grand rapid fixes that have often not fixed a lot. Our, focuses should, our focus should really be on how we improve and how those improvements, those micro-improvements and micro-adjustments, how they accumulate over time, lending itself to kind of this overall organizational betterment. Now, another piece that I want to insert here is something that we call learning explorations. And think of learning explorations as looking for starting points. It's like those places where you know you probably need to learn more, but you don't know exactly what you need to learn more about. So learning explorations can be defined as more of a freestyle and organic approach based upon these general concepts and principles of learning teams that allows us to seek out, while learning like a crap ton along the way, opportunities for deeper and more focused learning. So usually opportunities to do actual learning teams. Think of these as kind of rapid fire sessions. You're going out, you're spending time with groups that obviously do work, and you're using those curious questions that we talk about so much to kind of probe for information, for starting points. You're listening for pain points. You're listening for where things are harder than they should be. You're listening for those things that make the hair stand up on your arms a little bit. And you're not crapping your pants. You're not freaking out. You're just listening. You're listening for starting points for deeper exploration. So learning explorations are a great tool to help you sometimes replace some of those more like clunky traditional surveys where we send people like a survey monkey thing in their email, some Likert scale thing, and we say, how do you feel about this? Tell us where, you know, the rules don't work. And all those kind of even better questions are a little bit harder to reply to when I'm just getting it through an email. So learning explorations help bridge that gap. It's, it's a conversational approach to finding those starting points. So it's really built around this question, where do we need to seek deeper learning, deeper understanding? And the ways that we approach that is we identify an area for an exploration. Again, think, I know there's probably something I need to learn more here. I just don't know what it is. And then we conduct those sessions and they're usually pretty rapid down and dirty sessions. You know me, you know me. I'm going to say they still use, I'm still using flip charts. I'm capturing notes. I'm listening. I'm learning, right? I'm being curious, not judgmental. We're asking those curious questions to help identify those areas, those, those aha nuggets where we know we need to go out and improve stuff. We know we need to go out and, and, and learn a bit more. 
then we take those, we kind of sort and prioritize those and evaluate those and then seek deeper learning. So again, it's a great tool. These sessions only take about, you know, an hour to maybe 90 minutes. And the biggest difference with these type of sessions, again, they're built on the principles of learning teams proper. But the biggest thing that I found with these sessions or the biggest difference really is that they're only one session right? You're not getting into the fix it. Of course, you're going to capture suggestions. Of course, you're going to fix quick fix items. If they come up, you're going to find some of those things, but you're really looking for starting points. And that's really where learning explorations go is they, they help you identify maybe those few pieces of low hanging fruit that are out there that you can quickly fix, or they push you in the direction of doing learning teams. And so they give you starting points for more learning teams, which is again, a, a great problem to have. It's giving us an opportunity to dig deeper into stuff that we didn't realize we needed to prior to doing a learning exploration. So I want to bring it back to this kind of idea. We've talked about this before that you start here, you start with the extreme operational curiosity, the strong desire to learn about the operational reality of those that get shit done. You couple that with industrial empathy because through this extreme operational curiosity, if you truly are learning, you're truly listening to learn. You're going to go down this path. You're going to discover industrial empathy along the way where we can easily see ourselves in their shoes. We're seeking to understand. We're, as I've heard Bob Edwards put, the awesome and amazing Bob Edwards put, we're put it, we're savoring the learning. We're not getting so wrapped up in fixing. We're really savoring the learning part of this. We're seeking to understand. And that's how we're gaining this vitally needed operational intelligence, this raw and real information that helps us improve, that helps us make better decisions within our organization. So to kind of wrap this up into the process, because again, it's a super simple process. Do not overcomplicate it, as I have seen it overcomplicated so many times. Let's talk IRL for just a second in real life. So if you want to break this down into the logistics, into the structure of this, it's meeting one where you're focused on learning some soak time in between and meeting two where you start in learning mode and you transition into improving mode. Right from there, you go down this path of, of micro experimenting and actions and bringing that stuff to life within your organization. Right. So if you're thinking in real life, if you're having meeting one on a Tuesday and you're focused on learn, 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 learn. You're going to put some soak time in between. You're probably going to have meeting two on Wednesday around the same ish time. And you're going to transition from learn, learn, learn to improve, improve, improve. And then that's going to move us into micro experimenting and bringing these ideas to life. So again, don't overcomplicate this. And then on the output side, we get so bent up around the axle again. It's just what we do in organizations about, well, how do we turn this into a report? Well, I mean, you can. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can take those notes and turn it into some bullet points. You can take those learning team things and you can you can turn it into a PowerPoint. You can do all that stuff. It's not super duper important. I don't mean to sound not corporate here, but that PowerPoint isn't all that important. It's just not. It, it, that, that, that bullet point list is just not all that important. What I think is important on the output side is the your ability to tell the story of that learning team, to be able to tell that story well. And to tell that story up through the organization and throughout the organization. That's the powerful bit. If you do that through a PowerPoint, great. If you do that through, you know, a couple bullet points, great. But I think that's the key point here is no matter what your output looks like, make it look like what your organization needs it to look like, whether that's a PowerPoint or some type of safety report. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing out there with those things. <sighs> 
But just make sure you're telling that story and you're telling that story extremely, extremely well. That's the powerful bit of this. Now, I want to move on to kind of the pro tips a little bit around learning teams. There's a couple things that I want to share with you around error traps with learning teams. And the first bits I want to share is this. Don't overcomplicate the process. Don't over proceduralize the process. I want you to say that with me. I will not overcomplicate the process. I will not over proceduralize the process. Do, do we need it one more time? No, but seriously, that's where we kind of lean within our organizations, right? We like to overcomplicate a lot of times and we like to over proceduralize a lot of times. A lot of the power here with learning teams is the fact that they're not linear. They're, they're kind of the opposite of our normal organizational approaches to things like this. There's principles. There's not hard and fast rules. There's rumble strips, right? There's not gigantic walls that says you have to do it exactly this way, right? So don't overcomplicate that. Don't over proceduralize it, or you're going to not get the most bang for your buck and you're going to drive people away from the process. Now, the other side of that too is going too crazy, getting too strict, which goes too complicated and proceduralized, going too fast, trying to box it in too much. The crazy piece is this, is oftentimes once we learn the power of learning teams, we want to do learning teams for freaking everything. And that's not great either, right? We have to think about it in this fashion. Where are the learning rich opportunities? Where do we get the most bang for our buck with this learning team? Think learning rich, interesting successes, pain points, things that go wrong. I mean, that's an obvious one, right? We do learning teams around those things a bunch, but think on the other side of that, of where things go well, where they probably shouldn't have gone well, where things go like super, super great. So think learning rich opportunities. Don't box them in. Don't get too strict and don't get too fast. Now, learning teams are highly efficient, uh, efficient way to learn and improve. But what I mean by going too fast is so often in our organizations, we want to have an issue and we want it fixed like three days ago. So we issue corrective actions like our hair is on fire and we're not really at the point of learning yet. We're still into responding to whatever crap just happened. We've got to slow down a little bit and allow all the information to emerge, allow the dust to settle, and then focus on learning and improving. So just a few, a few really good kind of pro tips along the way. And the last one that I'll give you, and then I'll shut up about learning teams, is this. Don't be afraid of doing learning teams. I think that the biggest hindrance to learning teams that I find with most organizations is just this, the willingness to go out and try to do a learning team. That's really it. That's really it. It feels super scary, but I promise you that it's not. Pick a learning rich opportunity, a low risk learning rich opportunity in this kind of find something that gives you this bit of a fail safe environment. Right. Go out and just experiment with it and try it and see how it goes for you. I think that is one of the biggest things that people can do if you're interested in doing learning teams and you haven't yet started. Pick a, a nice, a nice safe to fail, learning rich opportunity, and go out and try this learning team. That, that, that's really that's really it. Just give it a shot. It's not scary. It's not complicated. 
and you're going to learn a ton. If you need some resources, if you need some deeper information on this, if you need like some stuff that you can actually read, you can head over to thehopnerd.com under the resources section. I have some stuff on learning teams, some of the basics, some of this stuff that will help guide you through that process. If you need help with learning team facilitator coaching or education, or if you would like for someone to come out and help you facilitate a learning team, that's a big part of what I do. Get into contact with thehopnerd at gmail.com. And that's it. We're going to continue on our basics series as we go. And if you know of anybody that's new to this journey and you think this would be valuable to them, share these episodes with them. That's the entire reason why we're doing this. I'd love to hear from you again. If you need some human organizational performance help, if you need that trusted advisor to help you start or go farther on your journey, I would be honored to be that person. You can check out my stuff over on my website, thehopnerd.com. Send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. And if you just want to get in contact and chat about hop, you can do that too. Thehopnerd at gmail.com. That's all I've got. Until next time, it is Sam Goodman signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye.